I couldn't finish. Couldn't find the right words. Or speak them without falling apart in public. So I leaned into him, into that unfailing strength, and said down the bond, You make me so very happy. My life is happy. And I will never stop being grateful that you are in it. I looked up to find him not at all ashamed to have tears slipping down his cheeks in public. I brushed a few away before the chill wind could freeze them. And Reese whispered in my ear, I will never stop being grateful to have you in my life either, Vera darling. And no matter what lies ahead, a small, joyous smile at that. We will face it together. Enjoy every moment of it. Together. I leaned into him again, his arm tightening around my shoulders. Around the top of my arm inked with the tattoo we both bore. The promise between us. To never part. Not until the end. And even after that. I love you. I said down the bond. What's not to love? Before I could elbow him, Reese kissed me again, breathless and swift. The stars who listen, Vera. I brushed a hand over his cheek to wipe away the last of his tears, his skin warm and soft, and we turned down the street that would lead us home, toward our future and all that awaited within it. To the dreams that are answered, Reese. Welcome to the House of Wind Book Club. I'm Hannah. And I'm Amber. This is a fan podcast where we discuss our current book obsession. We're going to break down chapters, characters, themes, and let's be honest, gossip about our theories relevant to the magical fairy-filled lands of Prithian. Just so you know, this podcast will contain spoilers and is explicit. We swear and we talk dirty. If you don't get worked up over the phrase, grab the headboard, or hello, Farrah darling then proceed with caution. We hope you enjoy being a part of our book club. Stay smutty. Hello, dear listener, and welcome back to another episode of The House of Wind. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Book club. We are so happy that you're here. And we're also, it's like bittersweet. This is our last episode for Frost and Starlight. It's insane how quick this book went by. Also, I love this book. I love this book. Rereading it has just brought such a new appreciation for this book. It's it's truly a beautiful little novella. And I would encourage everyone to reread it. If you didn't love it the first time around, reread it. Give it another chance. Tell your friends. Tell your Akatar friends. If they don't listen to this podcast, tell them, hey, it's worth it. Give it give her a second try. <laughs> Just try it again. I feel like that has been the theme of rereading all of these books anyways. Is yeah. I mean, Wings and Ruin and Mist and Fury we knew were bangers, right? And yeah. I loved, like, my, I just have had so many, like, opinions that have changed about some of these books. And this is one of them. I wasn't too crazy about this book. I think mostly because I was so eager to get to, like, the next big book where I knew things would be happening. That I was just like, uh, okay, nothing really happened here. Where's the next one? But now that we've read it all and we're just like, we want to be back with these characters. I'm like, this is great. This is just like going on vacation with our besties in the inner circle. (laughs) It is really, really nice. I actually Mm -hmm. feel very similar to that with my entire reread of Throne of Glass as well. Um, Same, dude. Yeah, I just, because you're just finishing Air of Fire, correct? I am finishing Air of Fire, and I was, like, straight up crying at work today in my desk chair, oh, like... It's so good. When, yeah, just, like, near the end of that book, just the... Uh, I I yeah. still have... I think I still am going to feel the same way about just, like, her characters. There's I just feel like there's a lot of characters going on in these books, but mm-hmm. the story is so good. Yeah, and I just finished Queen of Shadows... Mm-hmm. And I I completely agree with you. I the first time around, you know, I felt a certain way, and the second time, I just have like a newfound appreciation for the entire series. Yeah. So, yeah, it's beautiful. Rereads I are love- worth it, people. And also, I also feel very strongly if you reread something, it counts as a read for your year. If you're someone that tracks your books, tracks your reads. Mm-hmm. If you're taking a running tally, you can you can put two little tallies for Hannah and Amber because we are big advocates that rereads 100% count. Hell yeah. I go on to my good reason. I just changed the dates where Me I too. read it and it pops up. <laughs> yep. That way it goes towards my reading goal. Did I, all that with everything to prepare for our uh, Flame and Shadow coming out. I, I put all of I changed all of the dates. <laughs> yeah, I added I added the new reading dates. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yes. Yeah. I. I think in general, if you are enjoying any kind of story you're consuming, it's reading. If you are listening to it via Audible, if you're rereading it, if someone is sitting next to you and reading it out loud to you while you're tucked in bed, you are reading. You're reading. Don't (laughs) let anyone tell you any differently. And if they do, send them to me. Send them to me. Listener (laughs) darling. Listener darling. (laughs) 
You send them to Granny Mark, okay? We might seem all sweet and cuddly. We've got fangs. Get my get my knitting needles out. Shing shing. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you mess with my podcast listener. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh man. Anyways, on that delightful note, let us move on. (laughs) Oh Lord. All right. So as you guys know, Amber and I are huge fans of audiobooks, as I just passionately (laughs) spouted to you into your ears. Um, And audiobooks are reading. And if you enjoy audiobooks, you can get a free trial and a free title on www.audibletrial.com slash house of wind. I have now finished the recommendation that Amber gave the last couple episodes, um, Butcher and Blackbird. That is truly the <laughs> you're right. It is the best audiobook I have listened to. Um his the narrators voice. for that. His voice. His and they're just like they mm. like chuckle over each other and like yeah, there's a lot of like um it's not like over the top like like um there's not it's not like when we talked about on our Patreon unhinged where there's those kind of sound effects, but he has like <laughs> but he has like the growls and the grunts and the there's a lot of your Mm. mind and oh my god it's just so good and the guy has an irish accent so yeah and it both of both of their voices are absolutely beautiful they're like they're seductive when they're trying to be seductive they're it's it's wonderful i will say with that book um no, it is a it is a dark romance and there are some gory parts if you have a weak stomach or if you tend to feel queasy when you read uncomfortable things um just read slash listen to the trigger warnings and but also don't be super terrified of the trigger warnings the trigger warnings are like can sound a lot worse than it actually is but there are like two or three instances where things get pretty gross so just be mindful of that Yeah, protect yourself, guys. But like Amber said, it's not you listen to the trigger warnings and you're like, what the fuck am I about to listen to? And then there are she's right, a couple parts where you're like, What am I doing with my life? As but an, overall that book was really good. I like And it. as our beautiful friend Casey put so eloquently, chapter one is to weed out the weak. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I loved when she said that. Oh, Get man. through the first icky part. And it yes. gets a lot better. Yes. It's like in it's like in college, all the weed out classes. It's like chemistry one oh one. Yep. You Just know, weeds out if you weed. can make it through that, yeah, then you're good. And if you, you can't got your degree. And if you can't, that's also fine. It's, it's, also it's fine. fine. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, good definitely stuff. if you if you want a good listen, listen to that on Audible. Mm-hmm. Check out that free trial. Yep. Also on our Patreon, it is now February, which means um, we will soon be releasing our Tier 1 Inner Circle. Um, That episode is going to be a deep dive into a couple more of our favorite sex scenes. And that will just be a fun little joyride. Tier 2, we actually Mm -hmm. released a little bit early. Um, That was just kind of our deep dive into Crescent City 3 theories, ideas, things like that. Um, So if you're still uh kind of getting through that read i guess it's only february 7th at this point in time so i would assume a few of you slash most of you depending on how fast of a reader you are 
are still getting through that. But if you're interested, um, we had a fun little deep dive theory dive on Patreon as well. Yes. And then our the following month after that, we'll be we'll be uploading for the Valkyrie level our reactions to Crescent City 3 in itself. So we're not doing like we did for Iron Flame where we put out a general episode. That is just going to be for our Valkyrie level. So that will be our thoughts and reactions and us dishing about about House of Flame and Shadow. Everything, people. (laughs) So check that out, please, Mm -hmm. because it's fun. It's so fun. I love our Patreon. It is so fun. (laughs) Okay. Last episode. Reese and Farrah decide to uh, get down and dirty in the cabin, particularly in our favorite spot against the walls. But (laughs) it's honestly, like I said before, one of the best chapters in the best chapter in this book, one of the best chapters in the entire series. It is vastly underrated. Um, Oh, yeah. But as spicy as it was, it was just this really beautiful moment where the two of them merged mind, body and soul. And they decided that they're going to start trying for a baby. After this beautiful moment, Reese goes to visit Tamlin again, and he is still not doing well. And Reese tells Tamlin that Tarquin is going to send some troops to guard his border. And it's just a whole situation, right? It's a whole situation. Um, And then in the last chapter, we go on horseback ride with Moore at her estate that we just randomly learn about that has to have some sort of importance, but we don't know what. Um, and Moore has been making some like big decisions about her future. But what's very curious is that Moore isn't alone out on her lands. There's something in the darkness of the woods watching her. And then we just like move on from that altogether. Yeah. Like that wasn't yeah. like, an eerie like just drop mm. yeah sham's like and don't look at this hand look at this one <laughs> right <laughs> just like distracting everyone she is she's a magician yes a, yeah a literary magician she is so let's look at her slide of hand chapter 25 <laughs> so Farrah stands in polina's studio and the boarded up windows and cobwebs are gone now and Racina is there, and she notices Farah staring into the space, and she asks her what is wrong. And Farah reveals that Polina's family gifted her the studio. Ooh, oh my gosh! I love that. I have goosebumps. That's so beautiful. I know. I just like immediately broke out into goosebumps, and. They're so sweet. They, Farah, obviously, because it's Farah, tried to pay them for it and they won't take her money. And they just handed her the deed and the key. And Polina's sister suggested that if Farah wanted to give the money for the studio away, she could still donate it and donate it to the brush and chisel. And Farah asks Racina, like, what that is. She's never heard of it before. And Racina tells her it's a charity to support artists in need. So they can feed their families while they create. That's this is just all beautiful. I feel like this whole chapter is Yeah, it's just so beautiful. And Farah is obviously deeply touched by this. 
And she remembers those days in the cottage where she just had three measly jars of paint that she treasured beyond anything else. And obviously we know an empty belly also. And she had no idea this charity existed. So, and she's just like shocked that there's a place that exists where art and those who create it are valued. And TBH, as someone who lives in America, I'm also flabbergasted at the idea of a place where artists are like valued and like taken care of mm-hmm. as like valuable contributors to like our culture. Right. So I just think that's so cool. And Racina asks Pharaoh what she <laughs> Racina asks Pharaoh what she plans to do with the studio. And Pharaoh stares at the studio before her. And hears the cereal's voice. And I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Quote. I'll do my cereal voice. Pharaoh Archeron, a request. Leave this world a better place than how you found it. <laughs> oh, Suri! Suri! Suri lives on! Oh my god. I just like... I need... God. I'm just so sad that Sur- the serial was like one of the fallen in this whole entire series. Like, Yeah. I that makes me infinitely sad. It Surrey. Yes, this is why this is why we make Serial and Feyre bestie videos because we're like this is actual canon. It is. <laughs> the Serial did not must be. <laughs> I refuse to believe it. We're in denial. <laughs> oh man. So with that ringing in her head, she simply turns to Racina and says. You wouldn't be looking for a wholly inexperienced business partner, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like I saying it how it is. And All also, right, like, like hmm. just the just the fact that Polina's family, can you imagine feeling so confident and utterly grateful for this new essentially ruler of your mm-hmm. the place that you live? You are so grateful. For their existence and their their just desire to help art that you mm-hmm. just give them a whole studio when they very much could pay for it. Like oh, yeah, obviously definitely. they feel so strongly about Farah. And it it's to the point that taking money for it would almost be like a dishonor to Polina. Because it's right. going into the perfect hands. Polina wouldn't have wanted money for it. That it's just it's just yeah. perfect. It's so poetic. I love it. It's like what a way for her legacy to live on. I just even though we didn't get to know her as a character, I just still I love love that for her mm-hmm. her story. Yeah. So chapter twenty six. Reese is back in the Illyrian war camp and he's actually sitting watching the women in the trading ring. And he's sitting there with Cass and Az, and the three of them are just kind of silently watching. Um, and I, I had this moment where I realized that this is a, like a rare moment that the three of them are together outside of Valaris. 
It's a really good point. Right? They're never together, and especially just not the, just the three of them. Yeah, you're right. They're either like, it's everyone's all together and we're all in peril. Or like, yeah, you're right. It's yeah. never just the three of them outside of Valaris. Yes. The only, yeah. and truly, even when like everyone's together or mostly everyone is together, like Az is either at the war, uh, like doing, like spying something or Cass is at the war camps or Reese is like off doing something. Like there's some, always one of them is gone. So doing something normally as but like just the fact that all three of them are there and i think it it kind of ignited that flag was the fact that as was there watching because obviously as is an illyrian but it almost feels like he isn't he doesn't want to be one right he hates that he's illyrian right and we're gonna (laughs) and we're gonna get into that but sometimes Mm -hmm. because he feels that way sometimes i forget that he is Illyrian. Right. Like when you think about Cassian, you you think Illyrian you're an Illyrian warrior. Yes. You're an Illyrian. He's always at the war camps. Yep. And then Reese, we see him going back and forth all the time mm-hmm. and like having to wrangle the Illyrians and their tempers. But you're right. It's like Azrael's just kind of like No thanks. thanks. But so as kind of gently gave Reese and Cass the intel of the individuals that were trying to stir up trouble. And spread word um, of just like this, these like negative things and trying to like create unrest, specifically about Reese and Cass. Um, and these are within various war camps. So, as basically gives them a list of names, and it's longer than they thought it was. And Cass is just kind of quiet. And Reese was kind of contemplating and realized, again, it a it was more than they anticipated, but b Cass is quiet for more than that reason, right? We're in a Lyrian war camp and we are watching women fight, and most of the women in these camps, when As came, they just like straight up ran. They're like, "Oh hell no," <laughs> because As is like <laughs> such a force to be reckoned with. All I can picture is have you seen Ice Age? Mm-hmm. Said the sloth, I choose life. I choose life. <laughs> That's all of them. <laughs> oh man. Not today, Satan. Yeah. And and we know that Reese isn't one to like push things, especially when it comes to Cass and As. Like Reese does a really good job of knowing when to push and when not to. But he also knows that mm-hmm. as once in a while needs to be reminded of his heritage or needs to be encouraged to come to the Illyrian war camps and to see them as as kind of him, as as one of his. You know, it it kind mm-hmm. of it's almost like Reese is facilitating a little bit more empathy because as has every right to not have any empathy, but like these people in the war camps aren't the ones that did the horrible things to him. So we also have to kind of find that, like, where do we find a little bit of a soft spot for the Illyrians to allow them to grow, even though it's really freaking hard <laughs> and they suck at growing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it, they have the most immovable minds. But I also, too, of the just like 
him being a part of not letting history repeat itself, right? Like, how do we protect the people who were us and how mm-hmm. we were all hurt, you know? And how do we yes. change that so that it never happens to anyone else again, you know? Right. Right. So as Reese is thinking about this, he's also realizing Cass, again, where Cass is in his own headspace here. And we and we know our Cass. We know how much it means to him to have these women training. It is it is one more step toward equality. And recent as kind of realized this too. They realized why Cass was being a lot more quiet than normal. And Reese just slung his arm around Cass's shoulders and said, Small steps, brother. Small steps. And then he thought to himself, for all of us, our world might very well depend on it. Uh, our world might depend on women fighting. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, dot, dot. Exclamation point. Question mark. Anyway, brain exploding emojis <laughs> yes we won't we won't go further into that so we don't have any spoilers but yeah mm. Hmm. Hmm. oh man back to our friend Racina and Farah. so chapter 27 a month later Racina and Farah stand inside the completed studio and we find out that she and Racina have been working really hard in the days since we last saw them in a couple chapters ago. And they agreed to be partners with each other. And Farah hung the tapestry, remember, void. She hung that on the wall. And it was a reminder to work through loss, no matter how overwhelming, and to always create. And I really love that. That is lovely. That's beautiful. And a circle of ten easels just sits in the middle of the room. And Farah just asks Rosina nervously if they will come. And we learn that Farah and Rosina have actually become good friends, which I love this. I think that Farah needs some friends outside of the inner circle, too. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that she's branching out. And this, like... She learns that Racina has an impeccable eye for design. And actually, Farah kind of like hired her out and commissioned her to help design the river house, which I also love that. Yeah, that kind of makes me giggle. <laughs> it's like Racina just has her own HGTV yeah. like show. <laughs> it's like designing the, the high lady's house with Racina. <laughs> with Racina. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, it's like. I chose this couch because they can F with their wings out. No problem. (laughs) Sponsored by Chip and Joanna. (laughs) It's like the HGTV after dark. (laughs) Yeah, it was Chip and Joanna. And here's some ship laugh on the wall. Even in fantasy worlds, we have ship laugh. Farmhouse. Farmhouse chic. Oh, God. Oh, I love Chip shit. and Joanna. Like on on a real serious note, I do love them. <laughs> also, can we talk about HGTV? If you are someone that watches HGTV, I just want you to think about every time they go into a new house, the number of times people say, "Wow, look at that beam!" 
I'm not shitting. Now that I told you that, the next time you watch HGTV, you're going to be like, holy shit, every single person says it. Wow, look at that beam. If there's, like, that nice, like, modern or, like, farmhouse beam that, like, some houses just have, like, a couple of them, I will admit, I do agree. Beams are nice. But it's just so consistent. It's so consistent. So just keep that in your mind. You're welcome. HGTV is three things. What you just said. (laughs) <laughs> then you've got house hunters where it's like, I teach finger painting and I um, breathe <laughs> and our budget is a million dollars. And then, then also, I feel like you could make a drinking game out of this. And then also it's like, um, knock, let's knock this wall out and do open concept. I feel yes. like that's literally all they're, they're walking through. If you If you knock this out and make it open concept, it will feel twice as big as it is now. I promise. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I can totally see that. And you put a nice beam up there. It'll be great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. I love it. I love HGTV, though. I mean, it's I I was going to (laughs) say, not me shitting on HGTV at (laughs) all. I grew up watching HGTV with my mom, (laughs) being obsessed with House Hunters International. There was, it was one of the first times I went over to Ben's dad's house. It was for a... I don't know, it was a spring break. Every single spring break and winter break, with the exception of one, I went somewhere, like I went on a, I found the cheapest tickets I could possibly find. And we, like, we Mm -hmm. went somewhere tropical. But there was one, I think Mm -hmm. it was a spring, no, it was a winter break. And I couldn't afford to go anywhere. Ben and I couldn't afford anything. We were dirt broke. And uh, Uh we sat on his dad's couch and watched HDTV for I shit you not a week straight. And that was like his dad's, like, borderline first impression of me <laughs> like who is the sloth my son is with he was obsessed with hgtv and his leg off my couch for a week which is like not you at all oh no, god no i have a hard time sitting down to watch one show but for some reason it just hgtv man i don't know it's sucked me into that couch and in. kept me in there I love anyway, that. That's amazing. That's a tangent, but... <laughs> All right. Back to our story, folks. We're back in Prithian now. There's no HGTV there. Um, <laughs> so there's the Circle of Ten Easels. They're like, are they going to come? Racine is an interior designer. Okay, we're back on track. So Farah and, <laughs> and Racina are both a little discouraged. You know when you're about to do something new and scary and you're like, is this going to work out? I feel like they're having that feeling of like, mm-hmm. did we make a massive mistake and overestimate this? And so they're in there together. But the next moment, a group of children and their their parents appear. And unfortunately, we know that not all of the parents are there because some parents did not come back from the war. And then also from the attack on Valaris in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just like a bunch of little babies basically coming in to paint and we see that they didn't really advertise this place Racina reached out to her community to see just like what kids had been affected by the horrors of the war and the attack on Valaris and just needed like a creative outlet um just like those kids who couldn't really talk about they're not ready or don't want to talk about what they had seen and felt but they could paint it or sculpt it and maybe like we learn it's been a bomb for Feyre and for others we've seen 
maybe it could be healing for these kids as well. And once people caught wind of what they were doing, a lot of people started reaching out to them. And there's just people like adults and then also like other parents wanting to know like if their kids can participate in the classes. A lot of artists reached out to volunteer to help teach. And it's just it's just so heartwarming. And the best part, it's all free. And Farah just turns around and faces all these families and smiles at them. And she begins to teach them. And I just freaking love this. It's just one of those moments where if you think big picture, like Farah, like from where she started to where she is now, I mean, this is uh, this is another full circle moment. This is this is I have been through it. And instead of wallowing in all of the horrible things that have happened to me, I am now pulling through. I am resilient and I am going to help others through what they're experiencing and help them process it so they can also someday be happy and healed. And I just Mm -hmm. think that's, it's just very special. I, I love that. I love, it reminds me of, um, in Silver Flames when Gwen tells Nesta and Emery, like their stories are worth telling. And I think, Oh, I think there's something so, yeah, well, it's just so, there's something so special about like, I think you may think that your experience or what you've learned from it like doesn't mean anything but there's always going to be at least one person out of the billions of people in this world that has experienced something similar to it and can see something in your story that they relate to and where you are in life may be something that's inspiring to them or just an example of how you can make it through something really shitty and I just think Mm -hmm. this is the perfect example of that like Feyre easily could have been like, nope, this idea is stupid. I I don't think I want to try this. And and then this never would have happened. And, you know, probably everything would have been fine. But look at the how amazing this turned out and how healing it's going to be for so many people. I just right. love it. I, I do, too. And mm. I think, you know, we've talked a lot in, in previous books, actually, about like the importance of therapy. And some people really love talk therapy because they they really like talking about their the things that have happened to them or the things that they're feeling to someone else. But art is isn't is another form of this. If if maybe talk therapy doesn't work or doesn't feel good, doesn't give you the the that relief or that comfort that you're seeking, maybe telling your tales in a, an art format it's, it's art therapy, but it's still therapy. You know, we always yes, talk about you got to find you got to find your outlet, however it works for you. And sometimes, like, as we're going to read about in Chapter 28, like, this is a good way to kind of work through your feelings and your experiences. And yeah, I love it. So at Chapter 28. <clears throat> At the end of their session, Reese opens the door and is holding the door for everyone who is leaving the studio. And I think this is a moment because obviously they probably came to the studio a little nervous to be working with their high lady. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. Some of them probably were, some of them probably weren't. But I, and throughout the session, they probably almost like, I don't know what the fey equivalent of this word would be, but like humanized her. You know, you have someone yes. who's like all powerful and then you actually like talk to them like they're just an, another person. And then suddenly, okay, they're not quite so scary and intimidating. So throughout this entire session, they probably quote unquote humanized Farah a lot, but then they see their high Lord opening the door for them. And they just like realized who's actually in their presence between Reese and Farah. Mm-hmm. And it probably just like, it's like, a bucket of water to the face of them being like, what just happened? <laughs> You're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And also they're just kind of like gawking at the just casual ease and grace that he exudes at all times. And he looks, takes one look at Farah, who is completely covered in paint and asked rough day at the office. <laughs> and she tells him, she tells him about a child who was playing with paint with their powers and just like levitating this huge bubble of red paint. And it was just like, I just imagine it slowly floating toward Farah and Resina. And then it just popped right in front of their face. And I'm like, if this isn't my life at my pediatric job i don't know what is i'm just imagining just these little say, children having magic oh that's what i was gonna Lord say save us all i'm just picturing you like working with narrow spicy children who also have magical powers yeah it would be so fun it would be wild that'd be amazing someone oh my gosh someone should write a book because you know how if if you're an individual that i i think i've talked about this before in the podcast that i always call like individuals neurospicy for whatever reason if you're if you're not neurotypical uh i say neurospicy and i say that because i've had multiple clients um whether they have ADHD or ASD or whatever it is that they have. I've had multiple people come to me and they're like, I refer to myself as neurospicy. And I was like, I love that. Um, but individuals that I've worked with just have such a wonderful, beautiful way of seeing things that just always like changes my perspective for the better. And how cool would it be if someone wrote a book about magic wielders of whatever form and you have like neurotypical magical like magic wielders that are like stagnant and they can't figure out how to like fight the big baddie and then you have these yes. neurospicy badass main characters who come in and just see the world differently and are able to manipulate magic differently because of just the different way that they process and experience the world and then they save the day because they're neurospicy and awesome and i just think that would be the coolest book idea ever that would be amazing you should write that you should pitch that at least to someone yeah who does write if you don't want to write it that would TM be that. tm 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 <laughs> um that's so, an amazing idea amber i love that that'd be so cool <laughs> that'd be so cool oh man so anyway Farah, like finishes explaining this fun little like kid that was just like messing around with paint which is really cute um and racina was in the back washing said paint off of her face because it literally got all (laughs) over her face (laughs) but then she turned very serious as she showed reese a painting of a young fairy and 
well, she showed us a painting that a young fairy painted whose parents had been killed in the attack. And the prompt for the class was to just paint a memory. Nothing more, nothing else. Just paint a memory, any memory. And this painting in particular was actually very hard to look at. There were two figures, a lot of red paint, figures in the sky with vicious teeth and claws. And it's it's a very descriptive image. And when Feyre asked about it, the young fairy looked at her and said, just throw it away. Just throw it out. So Feyre decided she would like to hang it in her future office. Quote, so we don't forget. And shit if that didn't hit me right in the feels. I know. <laughs> Holy that's smokes. So good. I mean, that's... Parrot. She gets it. She does. She's the realist. She is the realist. Yeah. I love her. And then she showed him the next painting <laughs> and this is uh, this is the kid that had the paint bubble and his memory Naturally. was a painting <laughs> yep it was this painting uh he was very upset because he didn't get a dog for solstice so he painted his house and a dog house and him and a dog sitting inside the house and his parents in the dog house <laughs> <laughs> And I, yep, again, I could see it. <laughs> yes, uh, that tracks. <laughs> that tracks. Oh, okay. <laughs> and as they left, Farah uh, had this moment of realization of how happy, like, truly happy she is right now and i'm just going to read you the last page and a half of this book because it really it just sums it up reese helped me with my coat stealing a kiss before we walked out into the sunny frigid day the rainbow bustled around us artists and shoppers nodding and waving our way as we strode for the townhouse i linked my arm through his nestling into his warmth it's strange i murmured Reese angled his head. What is? I smiled. At him, at the rainbow, at the city. This feeling, this excitement to wake up every day. To see you, and to work, and to just be here. Nearly a year ago, I'd told him the opposite. Wished for the opposite. His face softened as if he too remembered it and understood. I went on. I know there's much to do. I know there are things we'll have to face, a few sooner than later. Some of the stars in his eyes banked at that. I know there's the Illyrians and the human queens and the humans themselves and all of it. But despite them, I couldn't finish. Couldn't find the right words or speak them without falling apart in public. So I leaned into him into that unfailing strength and set down the bond. You make me so very happy. My life is happy, and I will never stop being grateful that you are in it. I looked up to find him not at all ashamed to have tears slipping down his cheeks in public. I brushed a few away before the chill wind could freeze them, and Reese whispered in my ear, 
I will never stop being grateful to have you in my life either, Farah, darling. And no, ma no matter what lies ahead, a small, joyous smile at that, we will face it together. Every, enjoy every moment of it together. I leaned into him again, his arm tightening around my shoulders. <clears throat> around the top of the arm, inked with the tattoo we both bore, the promise between us. To never part, not until the end. And even after that, I love you, I said down the bond. What's not to love? <laughs> Before I could elbow him, Reese kissed me again, breathless and swift. To the stars who listen, Pharaoh. I brushed a hand over his cheek to wipe away the last of his tears, his skin warm and soft, and we turned down the street that would lead us home, toward our future and all that waited within it, to the dreams that are answered, Reese. I, ah, uh, I'm crying now. <laughs> it is a shocking turn of events. Who could have seen that coming? I think it's just so, um, for multiple reasons, the end of this book is just so touching for us as readers because Farah, I mean, yeah, think about all we've been through with Farah, where she started out starving and cold this human who knew nothing really about anything that was going on around her outside of her woods and her cottage and then enter Tamlin and then enter massive depression where we live through that with Farah and like grieved with her for just everything she was going through and then now just to to end Essentially, this is the end of like Reese and Feyre's story in terms of from their perspective, from what we know, essentially, you know, like getting their like firsthand accounts. It's just like such a nice way to like kind of wrap their like perspectives up, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I really love that. Me too. Ugh. Me too. But it also makes me really sad that it's kind of like we're moving on to like other. I don't other... want to. I'm not ready. I know, although I'm ready for as, but like, it's just, I freaking love them, man. I just, me too. I could read <clears throat> about them all day. And honestly, okay, think about it. How many, okay, how many episodes of this podcast have we released? Oh my gosh, we're on like probably 60 something at this point. Yeah. So, like, yeah. You y'all have listened to like sixty hours, plus or minus a little bit, probably plus a little bit of us, <laughs> of us, just <laughs> talking about Reese and Farah and their adventure and their story and their love, and we have talked about them for this long, for a little over a year. <laughs> yeah. Every we've just been talking about this every single week, <laughs> almost every, every single week. week. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's and that's bananas. It is. I, uh, but and it's just the cool thing, and you know, potential just general spoilers ahead. 
the for literally everything. I think it's just cool that we like are gonna get more of them within a different context within like another series. I just I'm like it it is now the twenty sixth, which is a Friday night, and how House of Flame and Shadow comes out on Tuesday, and it's just so cool that we're gonna get to see so many characters that we love again. I am yes, I'm very excited. <sighs> it's so bittersweet. Man. It's so bittersweet. I know. Um so <laughs> for Silver Flames coming up, we are going mm. to cover a bigger chunk. A, a bigger larger chunk than our three to four chapters. Um, mainly to kind of just push through the beginning of Silver Flames uh, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> um, we'll we'll dive into that a little bit yes. more in next episode, but just know to expect a little heavier dose at the beginning of our next episode. Yes, and that's just for the beginning of... That's just for that first episode, then we'll go back to our general like format that we do. But yeah, we... <laughs> We want to deliver, uh, get through that beginning part as as quickly as we can. So, <laughs> for for the sanity of of Amber and Hannah. <laughs> yep, pray for us. <laughs> and so you don't listen to us being negative for, you know, like six hours. Yeah. Of content. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we're gonna hop into Flame and Shadow, and I think, um, so like Amber <laughs> said, oh. Oh my god, what did I just <laughs> I will be hopping into that soon, but not yet. We will eventually <laughs> podcast about that, but not quite. We will be Let's do Silver Flames first. <laughs> we will be podcasting Silver Flames. Oh my god. I need to go to bed. So <laughs> court. <laughs> It's because it's because I read Akafas, so I saw FAS. Yep, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, honestly, Flame and Shadow, hundred percent. Yes, okay, that's where my brain went. But anyways, so I'm not totally losing it. But you guys <laughs> already knew I was losing it. I feel like this podcast Aren't is just all? them slowly witnessing me our like, demise into madness. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, for the Court of Silver Flames, huh? We're going to be covering chapters 1 through 11 for the next episode, so make sure you guys read that to be prepared. Um, as always, thank you guys so much for choosing to be a part of our book club. We appreciate every single one of you, and a very special shout out to our Patreon members. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Love you guys. Also, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Instagram at House of Wind Pod. Email us your theories or burning questions to houseofwindpodcast at gmail.com. This information can all be found in the show notes. And we'll talk to you next week. Stay smutty.